At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You found primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Final hour here on a Wednesday, primetime action on VSIN. Matt Brown, Adam Burke on the desk with us. You find all his great work in the newsletter every day at VSIN.com as well. Absolutely free. It's free. It's free, right? It's mm-hmm. free. Go sign up for the newsletter. It's absolutely free. Get it in your inbox every day. You can see all of the great work that he's doing. Ben Wilson behind the glass over there. And speaking of Ben Wilson behind the glass over there, Ben, why don't we go down the scoreboard here? There's lots of things happening. A lot of things happening. Uh, I just lost my bet in uh, St. Paul. Christian Pulisic just scored in the 67th minute, so that oh. game's going to be over. Loser video for Loser you, Loser video. We'll get it, we'll get it cute right. in a second. Yeah, whatever. Whatever. It is what it is. 3-0 U.S. in the 69th minute. Christian Pulisic with the goal, so they're going to win. And uh, they were minus two on the goal line, so that'll cover likely for you as well. In the NHL, that's where we will uh, start here with a few games on the ice going on at the moment. Oilers 3, Capitals 2. That's the national game on TNT. End of the second period. Oilers minus 350 live. Capitals a plus 240 dog in-game. Matt, this is not going to make you happy. Seattle Kraken 1. No, they're not. New York Islanders. Nothing. What's the live line? Islanders plus 210. Are you on it? I'm getting it. All right. He is he's getting <laughs> going it. Against Third period, 1345 to go. Uh, Kraken minus 275 live. Islanders plus 210. Kings have tied it up against the Red Wings. That is 1-1. Three minutes to go. Second period. Minus 135 are the LA Kings. Red Wings plus 105. All right. Let's go to the National Basketball Association. Uh, we were talking about some of these earlier games that are now getting into the fourth quarter. Sixers-Wizards coming down to the wire. Sixers 95, Wizards 92, four minutes to go. And Philadelphia is laying four and a half live. Another game that's tight. The Magic have made this a game. They were down big earlier, but they're down just four right now in Indiana. Pacers 98-94, 7.27 to go. Pacers laying six and a half live. 230 and a half right now is your total. Celtics and Hornets, that's also another tight one. 70 to 68. Boston, 434 to go in the third quarter. With the Celtics, a five and a half point live favorite. 214 and a half is your total. Grizzlies up on the Knicks. Knicks have cut into the lead a little bit, but still double digit margin. 64-52 as we are just underway in the third quarter. Grizzlies laying 10 and a half live. 226 and a half is your total. In Houston. Fast early start for the Rockets. They lead 47-39 over the Cleveland Cavaliers halfway through the second quarter. Basically a pick em live. Rockets minus a half. 221 and a half your total. And in Dallas, it's the Thunder 30, Mavericks 28. Late first quarter, Mavs minus 9.5 live. 214.5 is now your live total. And a couple of these college hoops games we were tracking 
Xavier, 60-53. to 53. 21st ranked Musketeers on top by 7, 445 to go in that game. They are laying 8.5 live. Uh, Purdue about to close out Minnesota, that game off the board. 88-71, Purdue going to avoid the road upset. Uh, the interesting top 25 game, though, that has been very tight. Kentucky 62, Vanderbilt 55. Kentucky is laying 13.5 now live, and that was essentially the closing number. So some sweats to be had there if you uh, took either of the sides there. 152.5 uh, is your total. There we go. So we do have three tip-offs still to come in the NBA. Uh, the Nuggets and the Jazz, we were talking about that one a little bit earlier because if you're looking down and you see that the Jazz are four-and-a-half to five-point home favorites, and then you start to take a look and you go, okay, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, Hassan Whiteside, obviously Joe Ingles is, is out for the season, and then now Jordan Clarkson ruled out. How in the world are they four-and-a-half to five-point favorites in this thing? Well, it is now official. Nikola Jokic is sitting tonight. So there were some people who were definitely in the know on this one. So he is sitting tonight for the Nuggets. Adam, it does make me wonder, from a jazz side of things, from just a prop perspective, where are the points going to I mean, is, it, is this like Mike Conley takes every shot night? Or like where, where are the points going to come from here? I mean, I guess... You know, I mean, there's, there's, I guess Bogdanovich could have a bunch of points tonight or something, but I'm, I'm wondering if there's any props to be kind of had in this thing. Yeah, I mean, like you said, so, somebody has to score. Yeah, you know, somebody's going to be out there on the floor. And in fact, this total coming all the way down to as low as 217 out there in the market now uh, was 226 at the open. So obviously, all these absences definitely mm -hmm. driving that total down, but. It's still going to be a total well up into the 200s, so somebody's going to have to score. Yeah, I'm pretty interested. Is it really three here at the? At the South Point? I'm pretty sure that's off the board. Like that's, okay. a lot of, that's a lot of times what happens when it gets pulled off. We don't get the OTB. Gotcha. Okay. Have last you ever, line available. Yeah. Have you ever gone running out of the studio to bet something I, at the I, counter I've, and come back? I have sent Kelly out of the Kelly studio. Kelly Bidlin has done yes. that on average I, of once yes. like a month. <laughs> I have seen Kelly. I have had sent Kelly out there to, uh, to make some bets before. So there is that for sure. All right. So as we mentioned, we talk about our, our power rankings all season long here from an NFL perspective. And it was, you know, listen, we had our varying kind of processes here. I was going with if team A played team B on a neutral field, who is best? And then I made a list of 10 of the 10 teams where, you know, this team is better than all the other teams in the, in the NFL on a neutral field. And then it just went down the list from there. That wasn't really how Gil did it. It wasn't really even how Kelly did it. We all kind of had our own little processes. Um, so well, it'll be interesting for us to just kind of go through even this as to how, you know, our process was for our final power rankings here. But, you know, listen, I'm not going to disrespect the two teams that made the Super Bowl. So I did put them one and two um, Rams and Bengals come in at one and two. Um, it was, it's one of those deals where, you know, look, could it have been one of these other NFC teams? You know, let's say the Bucks, if Antonio Brown hadn't lost his mind and Chris Godwin, ha you know, had not gotten injured, maybe it would have been the Bucks. Maybe they would have been here. You know, if the if the Packers don't get a punt blocked and all that, you know, could it could have been the Packers. Yeah, I mean, so there's a whole bunch of different scenarios how this played out. But I, I put the top two teams. I put the two teams in the Super Bowl at one and two, three the Chiefs, four the Bills, five the Forty Niners. Um, and that was listen. I had to go with the team that not only got the outright win over the Packers, but look, a lot of people thought that the 49ers were better than the Packers. There were a lot of pretty sharp people out there, a lot of pretty smart guys who were all over the 49ers saying that they were a better team than the Packers. And listen, one of the things that bothered me about the Packers all season long 
was the fact that it was the Aaron Rodgers and Vontae Adams show. And if, if it wasn't going to be those two guys, who was it going to be? And so, you know, we kind of saw the offense sputter a little bit, not be able to put a bunch of points on the board. And they end up losing because the other team gets some special teams plays. And so Packers come in at six, the Bucks down at seven. It's a little low. I understand for the Bucks when all, all said and done, they really did, you know, give it to the Rams pretty good and, and had an opportunity where they probably could have won the game. But with those injuries they had late in the season as a final power ranking, I mean, that's kind of where I think that they stack up against all these other teams because of the situation of the of the players they were going to put on the field. Cowboys at eight, Titans at nine, and then the Cardinals at 10. And I actually thought long and hard about putting a team that didn't even make the playoffs in at number 10, but I didn't do that um, just out of, you know, again, out of respect for the overall body of work that the Cardinals did put together. I mean, listen, losing J.J. Watt, when they lost J.J. Watt, was such a massive hit for this defense. He was not only creating an incredible amount of pressure for that defensive line, but he was also their best run stopper as well. And you really saw this defense take a huge step back whenever he whenever he went down. And then, of course, DeAndre Hopkins not being able to play for them all the way down the stretch just made it to where these teams couldn't get anything going either. So, um, you know, kind of looked at that team as a, as a whole as opposed to where they finished at the end of the season. As I said, our, our processes are certainly going to be different here. Adam, where did where did you end up? Yeah, so I got the Rams number one here. And, and as we talked about previously in the show, I think they're the most talented team in the NFC. Yeah. And, and you know, their major bugaboo was Matt Stafford playing one good half and one bad half. And you never knew which one it was going to be any given week. But Stafford's played really well here down the stretch. So I got the Rams number one. Look, I, I understand where you're coming from about the Bengals being number two, being the Super Bowl team. Also, the Chiefs were a touchdown favorite in that game. And if they ran that game back, the Chiefs are probably – six, five and a half, five, something like that. So I still have the Chiefs number two and then the Bills number three, where I think the Bills are still a very, very good team. They just happen to run into the Chiefs. You know, I think that the Bengals got really fortunate that a team in the Titans who had a negative yards per play differential, who wasn't that good of a team, one of the worst number one seeds ever by DVOA and a lot of the other metrics that are out there. You notice the Titans aren't even in my top 10. Yeah. So I think the Bengals got pretty fortunate to go that route. Uh, I said coming into the playoffs, I thought the Buccaneers were the best team in the NFC. They didn't get it done, but, you know, obviously I still give them a lot of credit here. And without Tom Brady, I mean, we could talk about how far they fall down a power yeah. ratings list because it's probably a good 15 to 20 spots, I would say. Uh, the Bengals come in at number five for me. Again, as I said at the top of the show, highest variance team in the AFC. I thought they could have lost to the Raiders, but here they are, of course, in the Super Bowl. Packers at six is a little bit high for me, actually, I think, because they were a team that didn't really impress me that much yeah. from a yards per play differential standpoint and all of that, but still give them the benefit of the doubt along with Aaron Rodgers. Cowboys, great offense, bad defense. Give them number seven. The 49ers, you had them higher than I did, but I could certainly justify that. Uh, great from an advanced metrics standpoint. Really, really impressed with that team. And I think the team that you were thinking about putting at 10 that didn't make the playoffs was the Colts, who are number nine mm -hmm. for me. Great running game, good offense. Carson Wentz actually played well throughout the year, but you know they, of course, stumbled against yeah. Jacksonville, and, and who knows what would have happened if that didn't take place. And lastly, the Patriots. I was very impressed with the growth and the development of Mac Jones throughout the year. The defense played really, really well. They were one of the best teams in the AFC in terms of point differential. So I give them a lot of credit, and I went ahead and gave them the 10 spot here. Ben, you want to? We'll hold off on yours until the other yeah. side. Yeah, we'll hold That's off on fine. yours until till the other side here, because again, I want to give you proper time to kind of explain yours as well. Yeah, I mean, and, and the other thing that I do want to do in the in the next segment as well is because you brought up a good point as you were going through that. Yes, these are our rankings at the end of this season because of where these teams were as the season ended. 
But there's already my perception on several of these teams that I had or have al- has already changed massively mm-hmm. as we head into next season as well. So kind of giving some commentary there, even on where we kind of view these teams even now. Right, we're only yes a few days removed from from the the, the playoffs ending and, and us heading into the Super Bowl. But I have you know changed my view on on several of these teams as as far as where they stand, kind of heading into the. 2022 season, 2022 regular season, and a lot of the teams that are in my top 10 are probably going to be out of there when it all is said and done here. So I'm, I'm looking to to get in on those. Also, we're going to, after that, we're going to go in and we're going to go over some golf plays as well, what I already have in my account. Again, this field was weak to begin with. It got even weaker. Will Zalatoris pulled out. Now Daniel Berger pulls out. So not a lot of star power in this one. Probably going to be a lot of variance as well, and you'll see that in my overall card because most of the guys that I put in just going trying to hit a home run in this one, and I'll get to the waste management next week, a tournament that I like a whole lot better. More power rankings here on the other side. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back here on primetime action on a Wednesday, Matt Brown, Adam Burke, Ben Wilson behind the glass. And Ben, we wanted to give you proper time to go through your power rankings here, end of season. And what an interesting, what an, I can already see what an interesting list it is. Yes, let's go, let's go through it. So to yes. speak, of teams. Well, and I, look, I took a, you know, admittedly, a, a very different approach here, having not mm-hmm. been on this show to do yeah. weekly power rankings. So this is more a blend of partially end of this season combined with some of the offseason news we have already seen gotcha. into next okay. year. So this is not meant to be a, as of February 2nd, 2022 you know, team A versus team B on a neutral field. So just, you know, for the sake of argument, different, you know, different uh, rationales here. But I will say, let's say, I mean, let's say you replay the playoffs, Matt, 10 times. I think you can make a pretty compelling case that the Buffalo Bills win, win the Super Bowl five to six of those times with Ooh. maybe the, the Rams, Chiefs. I mean, look, the Chiefs were a 20-1 to 1 live underdog, down three with 13 seconds to go. Buffalo would have matched up really, really well against Cincinnati in the AFC title game. And barring a unbelievable collapse, the likes of which we have hardly ever seen in our NFL viewing lives, mm-hmm. the Buffalo Bills would be like the number one team pretty much by far. And, you know, they graded out in all the metrics, top two or three, basically, uh, you know, across the board this year. So that is my number one. I realize that, you know, could be controversial, but mm-hmm. I, I just believe they were the best team this year. 
Yeah, I think you, all, all three of us can agree this was a very wonky NFL season. Oh. A lot of different outcomes could have happened. I've said multiple times, I don't know if anybody was all that good. Like, like if, if, if you really look at it, like top to bottom, I mean, there's – there's basically warts on every single one of the teams, so I have no problem with with how you how you went about that. Yeah, and so, so for me, Bills is actually number one here uh, with with the Rams. You know, I, I give them the respect, even though I mean, could easily have have gone yeah. out much earlier. Uh, but j- just based on the def- you know the overall defensive scheme and how solid they were across the board, uh, the, with the one wart being Matthew Stafford. And if you're kind of comparing, you know, which whose wart was more hurtful, mm-hmm. man, Matthew Stafford was probably you know the, the least impactful of those. Uh, with the Chiefs still at still at number three, uh, to me, and there's I don't know that there's much we need, you know really need to talk about on Kansas City still being you, know, you still give them respect as a, as a top three team, even though the you know the collapse against the Bengals you could also make the same case like we just talked about with the Bills like you're up you're up 18 in that game you're at home you have Patrick Mahomes you're up 21-3 they would be all of our probably number one uh, by a wide margin had they just you know held on and and Patrick Mahomes had not totally folded under the uh, Bengals schemes schematic changes there in the second half so that's that's my top three. Sort of a drop off. I, I'm probably a little bit high on, on New England, but like going into yeah, next year, that's the one. That's the one I would have a beef with for sure. Yeah, yeah. no, I have no. Yeah, 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 you probably have a fair beef with it, but it's more going into next year where already I, you could argue Mac Jones overachieved in you mm-hmm. know in year one based on the the perceived expectations. And with Bill Belichick having another chance to develop him, we'll see how aggressive he is in, in free agency after he went wild this past year and how good that Patriots team looks uh, next year. Dallas, it's, we talked about the NFC East and South and how crazy the NFC is in general right now. I just think to me going into next year with their personnel, talent alone, not, not coaching, but just the mm-hmm. talent, that, that is a team good enough to be a top five unit. I, look, bang, Bengals, I, I'm still a little bit like, again, this is one of those things where they had the wide, such a wide outcome of, of possibilities as Adam you touched on and like there I'm not sure how much I much I still trust them going forward because I haven't really bought into Zach Taylor as, as an in-game coach some of their schemes and play calling have been awesome but outside of Joe Burrow I'm not and, and Jamar Chase I'm not sure I'm ready with the whole like complete team for a full season going forward I mean they had to have so much fall in place for them and then those they you know, did the play next, the Chiefs twice and beat them twice they, they did do that yeah right. So they, I, they did play the Chiefs twice and beat them Jesus twice. H. Burrow. I'm, I'm All they're able to do is play them twice and beat them the two times that they <laughs> play them. They can't like play them an extra time. It's just that's not how it works. I, I'm not. I'm not disagreeing with yeah, the facts yeah. you just stated. Uh, seven through nine is really is was kind of what I was saying earlier. The whole all right going into 2022. I mean, what are we going to get out of Green Bay, San Francisco, Tampa Bay? I have no idea what's mm-hmm. you know going forward on those teams. And I'd argue you know like especially on Green Bay with the large special teams issues they had. I'm not sure what these teams look like going forward. I don't know how much confidence I'd have in them right now. I just threw in Minnesota at number 10 as a team where partially, A, I thought, all right, Jim Harbaugh seemed pretty imminent. I was ready to have that discussion of like, all right, well, you at least, again, knowing what we know about the NFC North and and how crazy that might be, that was more kind of a, all right, Minnesota blew, what, six games this year that they should have won? Easy. Probably should have been in the playoffs. Easy. I don't know how I feel about that now with uh, Kevin O'Connell, that news coming out, but that's my wonky, weird, wacky top 10 here. So if, if we pop mine back up, I mean, like moving forward here, I think this is pretty interesting kind of how we view these teams moving forward because, you know, listen, Rams still built to win for at least another year or two, so I would still keep them up there. Listen, Cincinnati's going to spend 
every bit of their offseason capital on offensive linemen and then one other pass rusher, maybe a maybe a corner in the third round, something like that. Like this team's gonna be this team's gonna be good for another two or three years as well. While they still have all these guys with rookie contracts, they can afford to go get more players and stuff. I don't think the Chiefs are really necessarily gonna fall off, but they I th- there are definitely some things that the Chiefs are gonna have to adjust on. I mean primarily their offensive scheme once these once these teams kind of adjust on them and they're going to figure out how to how to combat that. I think the Bills are here to stay for sure, but this is where things start to fall off, right? You get to my number 5 and 49ers. I mean, Garoppolo's gone. Trey Lance is going to be starting. Trey Lance wasn't good enough to start this year, and all you ever heard out of their camp is the reason why was because he wasn't ready. And so he's going to magically be ready to go and compete in that division in the NFC. Like So that team instantly falls off. The Packers, I think it's a coin flip whether Aaron Rodgers is back or not, and even if so, he's how, how motivated is he going to be to play with you know that situation knowing Devontae Adams is out of there the next year and all that. Bucks, we said, is a complete rebuild. I have really no confidence whatsoever in the Titans as it was anyway, but it was, you know, listen, they they were fortunate. They won some games at the beginning of the year. However, that was, I don't like Mike McCarthy all that much and his decision-making with the Cowboys. So it, it's, it's those top four, I think, are kind of here to stay, and then you could just start talking me off of every other team in the on the top ten there. Yeah, no, absolutely. I completely agree with you. I mean, look, how much does Dallas improve the defense to yeah. the point where – If we assume Aaron Rodgers is gone, right, and we know Tom Brady is obviously gone already, Mm. are the Cowboys the second-best team in the NFC? Probably, right? With the current state of their defense? Yeah, and even with McCarthy making some bonehead decisions throughout the course of a season, how often is that really going to cost him because there's not any more dominant teams really in that in that conference. Right. And and it's crazy to think, I mean, look, you could probably make a realistic argument that going into next year, there's maybe two two NFC teams, three at the max, that would be in our top 10, I would say, mm-hmm. just because you have so many uncertain situations. And, you know, you even talked about it in the first segment that we did today. Jalen Hurts just had surgery, mm-hmm. you know, had the ankle surgery. He should be better by OTAs, but we don't know that. We don't sure. know that. Right. You know, so that's another team, a playoff team, no less, that has a concern of its own. I mean, look, you know, what do what do my Cleveland Browns do? Yeah. You know, obviously, Baker Mayfield played well enough to get them to the playoffs last year. He just needs wide receiver help. If they go draft Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, if they get somebody in free agency, something like that, all of a sudden they were second in the league in yards per play on defense. They have a great running game. What happens with them? I was super high. I mean, like all of my futures were on the Browns. I was so incredibly high on the Browns coming in into this season. And then you look at these other teams, like you're talking about, like what is, what do, what do the Seahawks look like? And the reason I say that is because it's, is is Russell Wilson going to force his way out of there? And is he going to land on one of these teams that we're talking about right here? Because listen, I don't like I don't like him really as a Super Bowl contender. But if the Steelers landed a quarterback that could actually that could actually throw the ball downfield, they've got a decent little nucleus on defense. They certainly have playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. They just had a quarterback that couldn't do anything. Ben Roethlisberger's been dust for three years now. He couldn't push the ball down the field and can't take advantage of a guy like Claypool because he can't throw the ball down the field to him. So, I mean, Pittsburgh could be markedly better with a quarterback in there that's, that's competent. And Baltimore, you, if they're healthier. Exactly. Baltimore, if they're not running through. I mean, they were done in preseason because they lost all those corners. Right. And, all, and it's like all those guys coming back. And where it's like... It 
could be a completely different looking team. So yeah, it's like all these teams, you start plucking them out of there and it's like, okay, well maybe it's more whatever. And so I'm sure you'd probably say the same thing about, about some of yours, right? I mean, the, the bucks probably fall out. The Niners probably fall out. Maybe the Packers even. Yeah. And I mean, look, and, and maybe it's a team like the Colts even moves up, yeah. you know, because they at least have some kind of stability going into next season. I guess one wild card and we're, we're on a time with the segment, but one wild card mm-hmm. to talk about the Cardinals, right? I mean, yeah. they have a ton of talent, but do any of us believe in Cliff Kingsbury? No. No. So, I mean, you know, are they just in a situation next year where they're still in a very difficult division? Because I think the 49ers will still be, you know, more than competent, certainly. And the Seahawks, if they hold on to Russ, should be a little bit better. But you start looking at that and you're like, okay, well, are, are the Cardinals like the third best team in the NFC, at right. least from a talent standpoint? But who wants to take them to do anything? It's amazing how imbalanced the two conferences look mm-hmm. for next year. It, it's it, crazy. It, it really, really is. And we and we start to look like a, a little bit further down the list. And I mean, what does what do some of these teams make if they what do some of these teams look like if they end up making drastic decisions? Do the do the Raiders decide that Derek Carr is not the guy? Do the do the Colts, like you're saying, do they decide Wentz is not the guy. We need to make a move for one of these guys that might be available out there and all that. I mean, like the Colts, if the Colts got, let's just for the sake of argument, if Russell Wilson, you know, somehow in some, some miracle trade, the Colts would rocket up my, mm. my power rankings, right? I mean, because they were really a competent quarterback away this year from being one of the, you know, in my opinion, one of the top six teams in the league. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know? what about a team like the Commanders? Yeah. I'm just going to try to get used to saying it. But I mean, you I know, they like were it. they were in the yeah. playoff hunt late yeah. into the year. They really were. And they and it was and they didn't have competent quarterback play either, which right. is why, you know, this all goes on. So we'll talk some golf and then we might even revisit this in the last segment as well. Primetime action here on a Wednesday. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. You know the VSIN is the best place to get all of the betting insights for the big game. And right now you can sign up and get our free big game betting guide that is free. It costs you $0. This digital guide gives you trend strategies, props to watch, and tips from our experts. Visit VSIN.com slash Super Bowl to get your free guide and get ready. For the biggest football betting action of the year. And Ben, let's roll it. Loser video. Loser video. Oh, look at this guy. First he's one of trying, 2022. Oh, and he's just, oh, and he, oh, you moron. God, all that work. Yeah. If you're wondering what that was for, that was uh, Ben decided to get into the hockey streets. I mean, to the soccer streets tonight. All the and same. Uh, yeah, same difference. Tried to get into the soccer streets tonight and bet an under. And uh, I guess the ball still goes in the goal at negative 10 wind chill. Allegedly so, yes. Final, I had under two and a half, plus 125. USA, three. Honduras, nil. And it was 2 nothing in the 65th minute. The game was over, and they, are, they were like, all right, let's put in Christian Pulisic just to make the Hondurans feel even worse. He scored 90 seconds after coming in. My bet was toast. Uh, At least you can watch curling. That'll uh, and soften the blow for you. I was about to say, so if you wanted to turn on the USA Networks after you get done watching us here on this, uh, on this very program, guess what? We have co-ed mixed curling. We, we, oh, oh. It's doubles. It is mixed doubles, doubles round robin uh, group stage right now. USA so, versus Italy. We're down 5-4 in the seventh end. Make sure you tell the people you were the vice skip in high school, right? I I, I curled in high school. Hold yeah. on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Hold on. Real curling? Yeah. 
I was a member of the, uh, the, the Milwaukee Curling Club, the oldest curling club in, uh, in the contiguous 48 states. And this is a, a legitimate high school team, or is this like a club team? No, it's or like a club. Like- we would, like, we would go, we would go uh, after school, and we'd go curling. And, uh, yeah, I was a vice skip, which is like the, like the second in charge. So what are they – are they wearing, like, like cleats? Is that kind of what they're wearing? No, like no, what no. Are- you wear normal shoes, but you, re- you wear a rubber – like a rubber attachment to the bottom of your shoe so that you, you can slide. You, you basically zoom off, off of your little stanchion. You zoom off the ice and then, and then curl the stone. So there's, the no, there's no, like, curling shoes is what I'm saying. Like, there's no, like, special curling shoes or anything. No, I mean, they, it's, more an, it's an attachment on only one of your – you can't wear the huh. rubber attachment on both shoes or else you would face plant and fall immediately did, to the ice. Did you know so, any of this stuff? I did not. I've always wanted to try curling. Everybody always says that. You, you've done it. Is it is – it, So fun. It, it re- okay, it really is. It's, no, it's, it's – well, the whole thing is, like, it's meant to be played while you're all – you know, you're drinking a beer, it's, you know – now we couldn't do that in high school, obviously. Oh, we allowed, but it's, most, oh, it's meant to, to Ben's be parents fun. that are watching from their third home right now. Oh, uh, yeah. Yes, they're okay. they're like they're like drinking a beer in high school, Ben. It's meant to be a you know it's 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 a fun game that is a social has a social element to it. But there's a lot of strategy. It's kind of like it's it's uh, you know it's very similar to other like shuffleboard at the bar, kind right? of, yeah, on ice. Sort shuffleboard of. at the bar, essentially, sort of on ice. With more strategy than that. And what are they doing with the, with the broom? What are you really doing you're, there? You're, okay, the more you sweep, the more you are trying to keep the stone's you know, general direction straight. So when they start sweeping, it's because the stone's going to curl offline, so they want to sweep it straight so that it hits the other rock. That's how you do it. That's why it's called curling, because the stone curls Naturally curls? Well, you have a handle, uh-huh. and you, you turn the stone as you release it, to set the curling motion intact. I never knew any of this. I learned something today. I would love to do it, but I feel like there's a lot of steps involved here that I, that I would have some difficulty with. Well, the first eight steps would be eight beers. Like you drink true. eight That's beers, correct. and then yes. the ninth step would be actually the curling part yeah. of it. Yeah. Yes. So Unless you're a, in high school. Then you can't. Ten-step thing for me, the first eight would be a drinking a beer, and then nine would be whatever you is, – is, is that the curl? Like – Yes. Okay. Well, so, that, that's you're throwing the stone. Is oh, okay. It, yeah. You don't you don't curl. That's the curl's just the name of the it's, game. It's like the you don't soccer. Game. You just yeah, okay. You don't you. soccer. You yeah. just, You kick the ball. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's how right. that works. I'm just hey man, listen. I'm just soaking it all in here. I'm soaking it all up. Really fun sport. Man. We're losing. So tomorrow, since you're producing the show again, and I'll be here again mm-hmm. tomorrow. Are you gonna have like some curling best bets for us? We should figure have. it out. I'll look I like into it. it. Do a little research. I'll tonight. do a little research. I'll come back to you with the. I got to see if, if USA can come back uh, with three ends to go here. That could that could impact the mixed doubles, you know, betting correlation. An end being an inning. Yes, ten innings. Ten eight, innings, which in. is ten okay. ends. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. So we talked a little bit earlier with Rick Gaiman about the Pebble Beach program that is coming up. If you're not aware of how this tournament works, there are three different courses that are being played. There will be a cut after three rounds. It'll be top 60 in ties that move on as opposed to 65 in ties with this thing. They're going to play Pebble Beach twice. So it's the one that gets played on Sunday. They're going to play Spyglass, and they're also going to play Monterey. All of these courses are by PGA Tour standards short Monterey comes in a little under 7,000 yards spyglass comes in a little over 7,000 yards and then pebble comes in a little under 7,000 yards as well now 
the whole the the reason you know if go back and watch the segment for sure if you didn't catch it earlier the reason we were I was talking to him about you know, some of these players maybe some of their tendencies because they're going to be partnered up with celebrities as they play this tournament and and what that does is on the fact on top of the fact that the celebrities you know one don't play very well so that could be frustrating to people in the first place but also it makes the round super long. They want to sit and, you know, they want to laugh and, and talk and, and all the different things like that. I think some personalities probably fit that better than others. And so I was trying to get some insight into that. And he said, you know, he said, for the most part, he says he thinks a lot of the people actually like that aspect of everything. And that's probably why the field is just not very deep in the first place, because some people don't really dig that. Now, if we look at the, at the odds board here, Patrick Cantlay is by far the class of the field. And that's why he is, yes, six and a half to one to win this event. It goes to Jordan Spieth, who's second on the board at 16 to one. Justin Rose, 18 to one. Jason Day, 18 to one. Maverick McNeely is at 20. Seamus Power at 22. Cameron Tringali, who's never won an event on the PGA Tours at 25 to one. Matthew Fitzpatrick at 28. And then from there, everybody else is 40 or longer. There are some names in there that you've probably heard of. I mean, if you if you listen last week, Kelly and I were both on Mito Pereira. He's sitting at forty to one. Kevin Kisner, Kevin Strillman, Lanto Griffin, all these guys are guys that um, you know we've been on at some some point throughout the course of the show. And then honestly, you know, I'm on a couple of the guys, those guys this week in this one because it, the way that this plays out, with there only being a few guys at the top. For me, it is I'd rather take a long shot here. Hope that you know whatever. Hope that. You know, Cantlay has a bad putting week or something. Spieth hasn't really been in good form lately, so he doesn't find it this week either. And then after that, it, you know, it's, it should be kind of open game for anybody that's that's playing this. So for me, my card, I start at Lanto Griffin. He's down at forty to one. I ran, a, you know, a fifty round model, a, tw- a thirty six round model, and then a twenty four round model. I don't really run the the uh, I don't really run like the tw- the twelve until we get a little bit further into the season because I'm looking more at at guys that, you know, what their overall kind of profile is as opposed to what they've done lately because it's a weird early part of the season going over to Hawaii and then some of these weird multi-course events and things. So I, I'm not all that worried about current form whenever I'm doing these. Now, Daniel Berger withdrew from this event. He was number one in all three versions of my model. So he was a dude that was that really, really popped here this week, and he was one of the short shots, but he did have to withdraw from this event. So what we did is you look at Lanto Griffin, and he was inside the top 12 of all three versions of mine coming in at, at 40 to 1. So that's where I started the card. Kevin Strillman is down to 40 to 1 now that there's been some withdrawals as well. I got him at 55 to 1. He is another guy that is really good in this against this type of, of course, like these short courses where you really does emphasize a lot on ball striking and stuff. So Kevin Strillman coming in at 50, uh, coming in at 55 to one for me, Tom Hoagie actually is a guy that was as high as second in my model second in the last 24 rounds. And whenever you look at him, he's inside the top 25 in this field in every single category that I was looking at strokes gained approach, good drives around the green proximity, hundred to 125 opportunities gained all that inside the top 25 and a price as long as him, if he's going to be inside the top 25 and I'm getting 80, uh, am I getting 60 to one on him? 
I'm going to take that every time. Russell Knox is a guy that I took at 80 to 1. Now, here's the thing it's going to need some magic out of him, like we got last week out of Luke List, because Russell Knox can't putt at all. But he is very, very good with the irons. He's very, very good um, getting the ball close to the hole. He just can't putt at all. And so he can run hot. Luke List is a horrible putter as well. Luke List ran hot. Luke List won a tournament last week. And then I also have Vaughn Taylor, a former winner at this event. And that has absolutely nothing to do with it. A Vaughn Taylor, 300 to 1. But he was actually inside the top 20 in, in my model, actually inside the top 10 in a couple of the versions of the model as well. And inside this field, he's actually, uh, over the last 24 rounds, first in opportunities gained, first around the green, third in proximity, 100 to 125 yards away. So really do like him as well, 300 to 1. And I know you only have one now, Ben, because uh, Berger got, got the withdrawal. Uh, yes, sadly. Uh, Lucas Glover, 90 to 1. A lot of the same things you just talked about with, uh, with a couple of your longer guys. Not a great putter at all, but a lot of the other metrics I really like with him. It's not a strong field, so some of these guys can actually uh, get it done even though they are not strong putters. We will take it home here, maybe even go back to those power rankings for just a second here on Primetime Action. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. You are looking live at primetime action with Gil Alexander and Matt Brown on VSIN, the sports betting network. Final segment of primetime action here on a Wednesday. I'm going to remind you to drink smooth, drink smart, and make it count. Join the action on football's biggest Sunday with the final football faceoff presented by Jack Daniels. Play free fantasy football for your shot at a share of 20000 American dollars in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Jack Daniels. Now, to set your roster before game time, Jack Daniels, make it count. you got to be 21 or older. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Please drink responsibly. We're sweating this last shot by the United States in this curling match because they only have one puck left. And she's got to huck it down there, and she's got to knock one of them off and and make ours stay right. Yeah, it it was it did not go well. She was basically you know like in in uh, bowling when you've got the split, you got to somehow yeah. get both pins for the spare. That's essentially what the U.S. was down to. They needed a double takeout to cross multiple rings essentially with one stone. It did not work. The Italians win eight four. U.S. concedes the match after nine ends, and they lose their first round match. Oh, we we gave up. Yeah, they gave up because the Italians would have had the hammer in N10, and there's like the odds of you getting four when you don't have the hammer are next to none. This is like when you 
sit your your king down in chess and you just like you're just like yeah you, it's over yeah it was a sad moment for the americans man all right so well we're not going to win we're not going to we're not getting gold in that then it was one match of many like it's a, there's oh. a lot it's a big round robin it's okay. not over yet drew Densick was on last night and he was not uh, very optimistic that we were going to get many gold medals in this entire Olympics the whole the whole time. He said that we're kind of a dog in pretty much everything. Do you handicap the Olympics at all? Not really. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I pay attention to the hockey stuff, and, and there are a lot of ex-players that are mm-hmm. playing. They, the NHL had built an Olympic break in there, but then with COVID and yeah. games that were canceled and all that, uh, and, of course, probably where the location of the Olympics is and how, kind of the strictness of the COVID protocols there, uh, the league opted not to go. So I'll probably try to look through it as much as I can, but yeah. I, I don't do too much beyond that. Ben, let's take a look at the scoreboard here. Some of these games have gotten tight. Oh, uh, they have. Uh, first off, sorry on your Kraken, your live bet. 3 nothing oh. loser. And, and, I, and I was part of I was part of what, their first shutout in, first franchise, shutout in history. franchise history. Hate this team so much. It's the worst First team ever. Hate this team. Golly, I bet them down one yes. nothing. They go on and score You're two more. Queen. I deserve that loser video. Oh and two on the season, betting either for or against the Kraken. That's not, uh, as the trends players would say. That's. It's not. Uh, it's not a good trend. I'm zero percent ROI oh, for your last two lifetimes. I'm zero percent ROI on the cra- betting yeah. on or against the Kraken. <laughs> uh, good news though for Adam Burke. Missouri State, early 27-21 lead on the Salukis of Southern Illinois. Uh, so you're uh, minus five and a half now live, Adam. So yeah, good good start for you. Uh, Wisconsin-Illinois, that's the marquee late game matchup. We're still waiting on a tip in Villanova and Marquette. But Illinois up 36-34. That's late first half. 3.15 to go there. Illinois live six and a half point favorite. 154 and a half is your total. Remember that closed at about uh, seven in that game. As for the NHL, that is still going. Kings have taken the lead 3-2 on the Red Wings late. There are seven minutes to go in that game. Kings minus 1,400 live. If, uh, Matt, you want to chase that uh, Kraken loss, you can, you know, look, a, look at a stab on the Red Wings plus 675 to come back. Uh, that is the only uh, current game in action since we're uh, actually just about to get a puck drop. Flames and Coyotes are now underway, and actually the Flames just got an early goal. So uh, Flames won nothing. They are now minus 650 live. Coyotes plus 425 Wild and Blackhawks. Uh, that is also uh, just about to get underway there. As for the NBA, we're coming down to uh, the wire here. Celtics and Hornets, 109-107 with just a couple seconds left. So the uh, lines are off the board there as the Celtics have that two-point lead. Grizzlies, 100. Knicks, 90 right now. 7.45 to go in the fourth quarter. Uh, again, that, that live line just came off the board momentarily, but uh, that, uh, that game's been around 10 most of the night here. Rockets, 81. Cavaliers, 72. 5.30 to go in the third quarter. Rockets laying 4.5 live. 2.31.5 is your total. Thunder, 54. Mavericks, 53. And Mavericks just hit a 3 to retake the lead there. Just started the third quarter. Mavericks minus 7.5 live. 2.06.5 is your total. So in a... In the this is not funny at all category here, and you were talking about it, Ben, like before the game even started, how ridiculous this whole situation was. The Honduras goalkeeper was subbed at halftime and has been is being treated for hypothermia right now. Like like legitimately, wow. like this actually happened in this soccer game, like so incredibly irresponsible, so ridiculous yes. that they did this. But this guy yeah. is being treated for hypothermia right now. That's that's insane. Yeah. Not even a joke. Like that's just that's real life. 
negative ten wind chill that they uh, that they went. Like and did you're this. you're you're resorting to just the most like childish tactics to try yeah. to get into the World Cup. You're facing the worst team in qualifying, and you resort to that when your your head coach has basically called terrible losses to mediocre teams, strong efforts in the past. Like you've you've taken no responsibility for your own actions. You're a mediocre, small potatoes type type uh, you know organization in the grand scheme of world soccer and you, you, go, you go to that to beat Honduras like just totally ridiculous I'm with you Courtney Cronin who is beat reporter for ESPN for the Vikings came out with a thread here that speaking with sources Harbaugh was in the mix for the job um, because of his connections that he had within the organization he operated under the assumption that the job was his and prepared for the interview as such the Vikings saw this very differently and not as a air quote slam dunk as the source put it to me the way he felt Harbaugh viewed the situation coming into Wednesday there was no offer extended this isn't necessarily a matter of who said no to who but the two sides did not did not align on the nature of what the in-person meeting was all about so plot twist in all of this um, the people that were reporting that this was nothing more than a formality, apparently it was more than a formality to the Vikings. Yeah, sounds like it for sure. And, and, and like I said, I mean, I do wonder if maybe there was some sort of discussion within the Vikings front office of like, look, maybe this isn't the right guy for the direction that we want to go mm-hmm. from an analytics standpoint. And especially, too, I have to feel like that was probably something that would have been expanded upon in a second interview of like, look, this is the direction that we want to go in. We're going to look at a lot of these different metrics and all of this. What do you think about it? And maybe Harbaugh did kind of walk in there just thinking, well, the job is mine already. So Mm -hmm. whatever, apparently they like me enough, despite what they want to do. Uh, Definite plot twist to be sure. Uh, Hornets and Celtics coming down to the wire here. Celtics with a four point lead at the end, uh, like coming down about 15 seconds left in the fourth quarter. LaMelo ball is 38, five and nine in this one. 38-5-9 for LaMelo uh, in that Mavericks-Thunder game. Luka has 22 already at the beginning of the third quarter for them. Were were some finals in the NBA. Magic 119-118 winners over the Pacers and the Wizards with that 106-103 victory over the Sixers. And, you know, that was with Embiid out there. So the Wizards were able to get it done with Embiid. Embiid does finish with 27 and 14 in that one. Um, played 35 minutes. Tobias Harris played 41 minutes in that one. They were getting big minutes out of their guys, but were unable to get it done. Uh, do lose by three there to the Wizards. I, this is kind of off, off the top of our head here, Adam, but I mean, I think it is like an interesting conversation that we were having when we were talking about those, those power rankings of ours for the NFL side of things. And you, you, we mentioned some of these teams that we believe like, you know, could be coming back with kind of a vengeance. Some of these teams that we think will only get better. And I think, you know, you look, you mentioned the Ravens. I think that is a team that we would keep our, keep an eye on as long as that, Defense, like all those guys are able to come back healthy and whatever. So I think that would be a team that we would kind of keep an eye on that kind of had faded. You mentioned the Browns, a team I was super incredibly high on. Baker Mayfield's going to be there at least for another year, but is he good enough to kind of get them to that next step? That's a team that wasn't in any of our top tens, but certainly could be there. The Chargers had their moments throughout the course of the year. That maybe they get a little bit better on defense or something like that. So like there are some teams that are lurking 
out there that would easily, I think, replace some of those teams that we're talking about would would fall out. The Bucks coming to, to mind of being one of the obvious teams that would fall out of there. Yeah, and the funny thing is, like we were talking about during the break, they're all in the AFC. Yeah. I mean, the AFC is going to be a gauntlet for whoever finds a way to get through that. What do the Broncos do at quarterback, right? right? Yeah. I mean, like, what are they going to do? Right. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people that have kind of linked Aaron Rodgers there yeah. because of some of the hires that they've made and all of that. Uh, so, you know, look, I mean, obviously the Super Bowl is – you know, what we're all focused on here for the most part. But I do like to look ahead, and I do like mm-hmm. to, to look for betting opportunities going into the next season before we get to the draft and free agency and all of that. And right now it looks like to me, if you're going to place any kind of NFL future, it has to be an NFC team because the AFC just looks so strong pretty much across the board. The Celtics do get it done, 113 to 107 over Charlotte. So if you had Boston, I think that, what did that? Closed uh, six and a half, JBT seven. Oh. JBT JBT had but he had the four, half. so he had the better oh. number. If you had get, if you had the six and a half, you lose by the hook. Get the best of the number that you can. <laughs> oh, man, you lose by the hook, unfortunate. Or you win by the hook. Maybe you had the other side. So we'll look at it that way. We'll look at it that way. Guys, we'll be back here. The whole crew of us will be back here tomorrow. Stick around. For the guys over at Circa, Matt, Adam, Ben, see you tomorrow. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare